And we're back. I guess so. (laughs) I feel like we never left. We're back. The Chupacabra's back. Everything's back to normal. The squeak toy's back. Oh my goodness. That's not a Chupacabra. That's the demons that are coming for us in this episode. It's a hellhound. Yes. This episode of Parababble. Parababble. Episode 100 and something. 100 and... Yes, something. Something teen. Wow, that's kind of crazy to think about. I feel like we just did the 100th episode. We're going to be at 150 before we know it. Is then this, what's going to happen? Right, yeah. Do we get a cake at that point? We can get a cake. I feel like we would need a cake to celebrate the 150th episode. Yeah. All right, well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. We're not quite there yet. No, we got quite a ways to go. But we'll get there. So tonight, on this episode of Parababble, mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about demons. As we tend to. Yes. But specifically. Ones coming after children. In which Malaysia. still doesn't narrow it down. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Mal- Malaysia. In Malaysia. Mostly. Which still doesn't really narrow it down, I guess. Yeah, probably not. But close enough. So, for those of you that don't know... Rob and I have been doing this show for quite a bit, along with our um, other parababbler who has been abducted by the Mothman. Yeah, we'll go with that. Okay. Um, For at least the time being. And we all kind of come across different things that we're like, oh, that might make a good parababble episode. Because when you've done over 100 episodes, topics, you know, get harder to find. And we don't always like to do the same ones that everybody else always does. Mm -hmm. So there's those times where you're just like, what what are we doing this week? Oh, okay, yep. We're doing Malaysian school closings due to demonic possession. Yeah. Sure. That's a (laughs) lighthearted topic to be researching. Sounds like it. (laughs) You never know because we throw all these topics out there and sometimes they're awesome and sometimes they're crap. You yeah. just never know. Sometimes they stick, sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. But that's part of the charm of the show, right? Because yeah. even when they're not good, we still go with it. Yeah, and sometimes they take weird turns that you didn't expect, like this one. Yeah, yeah. I this thought, anyway. was very... Not where, not what I expected. Yeah, me neither. But interesting still. Yeah, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. So, how did you... When you first started researching this stuff, like, what was your initial thoughts? Like... Is it crap? Is it not crap? Like, is there something really going on? Why are there so many? Both. Yeah. Because, well, the first thing I saw was I was floored because usually when I start doing research for our topics, I don't get linked immediately to like five articles from the BBC News. Yes. <laughs> it's I know, usually like, like legit stuff. Usually like Weird USA or like yeah. Crypto.com or Yokai.com. <laughs> Yokai.com. <laughs> Weird shit like that. It looks like the site was built in like 1998 uh-huh. like Yahoo GeoCities or something. Right. Like who's even still paying for the yeah. the domain name? Yep. Exactly. <laughs> I agree. I was like, wow, there's actually some pretty reputable stuff out there. I know. I was like, whoa, is this going to be like real? About this whole phenomenon. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Just ignore the man behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. Chip the camera behind the curtain. So... This has been going on for quite some time. Yes, it has been. And it's affected, like, lots of schools. Yeah, and all over Malaysia. Yep. Mm-hmm. So 
So one of the things when I first started looking at it that I thought was interesting is that they talk about how, you know, Malaysia in general is very like steeped deeply in folklore and religion and all of those kinds of things. And when you think about a good possession story, you have to have religion because how else do you get possessed? Yeah. And that those things are important too when you find out later on what kind of might be going on. Yes, because that rabbit hole went a little deeper for me too. Yeah. Which led me to like, you know, back alley people in England doing like possession work for measly amounts of money because mm-hmm. it's so prevalent. Yeah, why not? Right? I mean, you got a I skill. Guess you got to make yeah. a living. Yeah. Right? So, what are some of the schools that you came across? I mean, I think well, the most recent one that I saw was like 2016. Okay, so the one I found that started this all was in July of 2018. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was Katera National Secondary School. And there was a BBC article about it, and it started with uh, one girl. Her name was Siti Nuranisa. She was 17 years old. And this was, um, they have her, like, actual experience on here that she recalled. And she says, this is like her actual quote from her experience. The assembly bell rang. I was at my desk feeling sleepy when I felt a hard, sharp tap on my shoulder. I turned around to see who it was and the room went dark. Fear overtook me. I felt a sharp, splitting pain in my back and my head started to spin. I fell to the floor. Before I knew it, I was looking into the other world, in quotes. Scenes of blood, gore, and violence. The scariest thing I saw was a face of pure evil. It was haunting me. I couldn't escape. I opened my mouth and tried to scream, but no sound came out. I passed out. So that was the initial possession. So she was the she was patient zero. She was patient zero in this case. Okay. However, shortly after that, Multiple students in several different classrooms started having the same experience and symptoms. And when it was all said and done, I believe there was 39 in total for this school, which isn't the most. It's not the record. (laughs) It's not the record. No. So they had Islamic spiritual leaders brought in, including witch doctors. And they did their thing. They did exorcisms. They questioned the children. They shut the school down. And that was it. So I was but reading the same article, and I think like it was still months afterwards. She was still working with like some kind of religious practitioner to get her feeling more normal again. Yeah, and I mean, she was. Uh, she said that she was stressed out at the time because it was her last year of school, and exams were coming up, so there's a lot of pressure on her. And it just boiled over and the incident occurred. So did she, like, make a pact to get good grades? Yeah, with the devil. And then he came to cash in? Yeah, no, I don't think that's what happened. Well, it's kind of nuts because they, in that same story about that same place, there was a woman that ran, like, a food place right across the street from the school. Yeah, I heard this. And they interviewed her, too. And she said that she could hear the kids screaming mm-hmm. from inside the school. It was so disturbing Yeah, that they were, like, bringing kids out on stretchers. Yep. 
like holding them down on desks until people could like come and get them. Yeah. Crazy. Did you hear how it all started with what happened before she saw anything? Besides her account there? There was some information about how that morning they had seen some kind of spirit outside by one of the trees. So Hmm. before they reopened the school, a whole like group came in and cut down all the trees (laughs) next to the school. Sounds like a logical Mm -hmm. action to take. Yep. Because these malevolent spirits are known to be seen by like trees especially. So just as a precaution, they went in and cut down all the trees. That'll stop those demons. Right? Yeah. So dark presence spreads through a bunch of the other kids. Mm-hmm. And it's one of hundreds of stories. Yeah. From that area. Yeah, all over Malaysia, which is interesting. Yep. Do you have the one in 2016, I believe you said? I think that that's the one that I had looked at. Is that the one with the black figure? Yeah, so that one... So that actually... was a little different, right? Because they actually like talked about what they saw. Mm-hmm. So that one, it was actually like several schools. And it eventually got to be so many schools that they shut them all down. Uh, but I guess the most famous one was in Kota Baru. The school was shut down, and they brought in Islamic traditional experts, witch doctors, and performed exorcisms. And yeah, the week before, students began reporting that they were seeing a black figure lurking around the school. And there is a picture out there Yep. of it that we'll post. He was all in black, mm-hmm. but they said he had a beard, which I thought was interesting, because like, how do you see facial features when... It's a black figure, but a lot of them reported that he had a beard. And there was lots of reports of kids feeling like they were being chased by this entity, like down Mm -hmm. hallways. They were feeling like they were being strangled. Yeah, they said like some people in the school felt like a very heavy presence. And others said that the black figure even attempted to enter their body. And I think it was that school that some of the staff even reported some of the same things. Yeah, not just the students. Yeah. It was mostly students, but even some staff. Which was really crazy. Yeah. And when they reopened that school, they changed out, like, all of the teachers and everyone. (laughs) Then I read, like, one about some school where they thought that kids had been using a Ouija board. Which had, like, summoned something in. Because, of course, you can't have a good demon story without there being a Ouija board. No, right? of course not. Some kind of thing like that involved. I mean, so many different stories, but the commonality with all of them is obviously the location. The background. Because Malaysia is so thick with folklore and religion and all of those kinds of things. Yeah, so... There is another explanation, besides demons, that I know you came across too. What? Yeah, I know. Wait, you're sure it's not demons? I mean, it could be demons. It could always be demons, right? Right. I mean, there's enough cases of Mm -hmm. possession out there. Well, most experts, as in scientists, believe that it is a psychological condition, also known as mass hysteria. Hmm. They often occur in rural areas that are superstitious, spiritual, and believe in the supernatural. It's when several groups of people experience these feelings at the same time with no 
rational explanation between them, which I think is interesting still. Mm-hmm. Because I get that it's a psychological condition, but still, how does the human mind do that? You know? That's my question, I guess. To the point where they actually think these things are happening. Yeah. And they're synced up like that. You know? Right. Like it happens to one and they all fall in with dominoes. So, like the Salem Witch Trials. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that would be an example. Mm-hmm. So, somebody starts having feelings of something bad happening, and then before you know it, it spreads, and then everyone's having this collective experience. Yeah. But a really negative collective experience. Yeah. Especially in the witch trial cases, I guess. So, science always likes to take a look at supernatural, Mm -hmm. you know, unknown things that happen and try to rationalize them. Yeah, and I found that interesting because it's like, okay, it's been rationalized. It's mass hysteria, right? Thanks, BBC. Yeah. But how does mass hysteria work like that? Like, how does... Like, how? And on such a level where there's so many people affected. Like, how does the human mind do that? Like, how does it... Like, how does one person in one classroom start having this demonic panic attack, I'll call it, and then, like, 30 other kids in a different classroom that might not even have any idea what's going on over there start having the same thing. That's what I found interesting about it. And there's been other occurrences besides, like, the Salem Witch Trials of stuff like this happening, Mm -hmm. which I thought was really interesting, too. Like, I was reading also, I think, from the BBC about um, a group of girls in Belgium where one of them had drank like a Coca-Cola and started having seizures and started having like all these like physical things happening. And then all of a sudden, some of the other girls started having it happen. So before you know it, there was over 100 people that were like fainting and having physical reactions after drinking, particularly Coca-Cola. So Coca-Cola got rid of like 30 million cans and bottles but when they were doing the analyzing of the various trying to like figure out like what happened, they discovered that the affected bottles and cans came from six different producers from six different locations, and they couldn't actually find anything scientifically wrong with it. So their explanation was, quote unquote, bad carbon monoxide, which no one still understood. Like, how did that even happen from a can? Or some kind of fungus that was on the outside of the can. If that was the case, though, and it came from six different distributors... Right. Wouldn't there be, like, other cases in other areas? So they still did testing after Coca-Cola came out with this, like, explanation, and the independent testers still could not find anything wrong. Hmm. So there's another example of, like, something physically happening... That then starts to transpire within this group of people to the point where it gets like super out of control and then all of a sudden just stops. Yeah. And these things have a way of like all of a sudden they're on, then they're off. You know, like there was that whole town that danced. Yeah, in like 1542. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That they danced like nonstop Mm -hmm. for like days and like weeks. And then all of a sudden, like, People just stopped one day. They're like, we could dance if we want to. <laughs> <laughs> I almost broke out into song. 
But like again, like how does that phenomenon catch everybody together? Wait a minute, is that song how it, where it came from? Because you ever see the music video? They're like in medieval times. Maybe. Know? Oh, that's like a weird. That's perfect for our show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> random thought. <laughs> but that's like all of a sudden somebody just stopped one day, and then mm-hmm. everybody else stopped, and it was like, well, if you could have stopped, why didn't you stop? Like. After a couple hours, because people were like, didn't people die during that? Because like they weren't eating, they were exhausted, they were like dehydrated. Yeah. It's like Hocus Pocus when the witches make the whole (laughs) high school dance, like nonstop. I think that if, (laughs) if you believe that something like that is possible, it probably makes you more susceptible Mm -hmm. to falling into that pattern. Of things happening. From like a psychological... Yeah, for sure. Because if you believe in possession, if you're religious and you believe in possession, then I feel like that makes you more apt to be possessed. Because how many cases... I mean, we've been doing this a long time. How many cases do you remember where you came across a possession story where somebody was not religious? It happens, but very mm-hmm. infrequently. And usually, if it does occur, then they end up, like, converting, you know, or, like, getting baptized. Yeah, then you got to wonder, like, how many, quote, real exorcism cases are just, like, some sort of variation of mass hysteria. Right. Because is religion mass hysteria? <laughs> wow. Whoa. That's, like, a serious revelation. If only Jeff were here. <laughs> <laughs> he would put a stop to this right now. <laughs> he would. <laughs> but if you think about it, you're going through mass, you're sitting all at the same time, you're standing all at the same time, you're saying the same mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. I don't know. It is. It's kind of crazy when you think about it in that, that I, way. I think we just made another parable breakthrough. But it's kind of, like, it's serious. you got to really mm-hmm. consider that. Yeah. Because how do these things happen if there's not a big enough foundation of people to believe in that potential occurrence, you know? It has to be the mass part of mass hysteria. It's always like areas where there's a lot of religion. And even if you think about the Salem witch trials. Religion. Religion. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know about Coca-Cola, but... Yeah, I don't know of any religion surrounding Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> and there's been some other cases of this, too. Like, there is a laughing f- epidemic that happened. Oh, I think I heard about that one time. Yeah, there was, like, a couple different things that I came across that I was just like, wow, this is pretty nuts. 2011 to 2012, there was a bunch of students at a particular high school. Not very far from where the Parababble studio is. Yeah, maybe about, like... 45 minutes to an hour away from where we are. Yep. In Leroy, New York. And that was, they they questioned that. They thought it was believed at first to be caused by the HPV vaccine. And yeah, it was like a bunch of girls developing like Tourette-like syndrome yeah, symptoms. Yeah, they'd like have tics and yep. like yell and shout. And like physical things. Have outbursts like that, yeah. And... Then they blamed it on, like, a chemical spill. And, like, Aaron Brockovich was involved in everything. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, if that was the case, Love Canal, you know, where we are, like, everyone would have had this, right? Yeah, probably. 
1962 in Tanzania, it was a laughing epidemic. Mm. 90 students were affected over the course of a year. They just started laughing and they couldn't stop. Mm. And then it even spread from some of the students because it was like a it was like a boarding school and when the students came home into like their little towns some people in those smaller towns started to be affected by it i could see that it's it was catchy yeah it is just like laughing hysterically for no reason i'm sorry but Mm -hmm. that's pretty freaky Yeah, it could be. I feel like that. If you just walked into a town where people were just laughing hysterically for no reason. Yeah, that could be creepy, I suppose. I know. I feel like that's the makings of a horror movie. Yeah. Just like that that one that just came out with the smile. Oh, the smile. Where they're all smiling. Yeah. That'll be the sequel. Laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Then cry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But when they, you know, went through and they looked at these cases, it's like they always try to say that there's some kind of like mass hysteria bit to it mm-hmm. or this mass psychogenic illness because i guess mass hysteria hysteria is not like the proper name for it anymore like they're trying to make it more politically correct now because oh, like hysteria implies like mental illness uh-huh. um how is that not mental illness i, I don't know <laughs> i don't know rob i can't i can't keep up with it like i'm just the... sitting in school and like i see this demonic figure over there and i can't move and then i close my eyes and i see the face of pure evil right I mean, it's got to be freaky as a kid Mm -hmm. to, like, see somebody that you, like, go to school with every day and you know, like, being crazy, for lack of a better way to say it. I mean, yelling, screaming, kicking, Mm -hmm. throwing themselves on the ground, like, running into walls, like, doing all kinds of weird things. Like, there's two extremes of it, too, because, like, there's that one, like, with some of the Malaysian incidents and the ones in Leeward, New York. But then there's the other one of the girl, the first one I talked about in, uh, where was it, Cateray, where she, like, couldn't move, and she was, like, paralyzed. It almost sounded like sleep paralysis. Yeah. So interesting. But I guess either way, it could trigger it, you know, if she's going through that. Well, and I was reading, too, that, you know, in Malaysian culture, like, the folklore is taught from a very young age. So kids learn from a very young age about good spirits, bad spirits, you know, all these different things that potentially could, you know, come and interact with them. Yeah. Like it's very ingrained in their culture. So to think about, you know, I feel like it's the opposite, right? In our culture, like we try not to expose children to, Mm -hmm. you know, those kinds of things. Usually. But I mean, if you go to church, you're going to learn about the devil, right? Yeah. I wasn't going to go there, but yeah. I mean, I guess it's not really that different when you think about it. Yeah, it's the same. But to know that, like, there's potential for something so scary to be out there when you're that young. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. I mean, because, like, she's 17 in this story, but there's plenty of other examples of other schools where the kids were a lot younger. Yeah. Like, primary school age. More impressionable ages, I guess, when they're that young. Maybe. But then even some teachers had it happen, so... It's like, how do you even recover from that, though? If you really, truly think that that's what happened to you, like, how do you recover? No place is safe. How do you recover from that if you're not one of those 40 or 100 people that it happened to and you just witnessed it all happen? You're like, why didn't it pick me? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. That would be like a good scene in a horror movie or something. (laughs) You're just watching everyone go, like, crazy around you. And you're just like, what is happening? Yeah. 
like that woman across the street in the, the food cart. Yeah. Did you mean like one of the teachers in the school? You probably think the kids are messing around with you, though. It's like these damn kids. I don't know. Possession is such like a... I feel like it's one of those black and white issues. It's like you either believe that it exists because of you believe in the basis of how it happens. Mm-hmm. Or you think it's a load of crap because you don't. Yeah. You know, like we've talked about this a couple different times. Just like the difference between like possession and attachment. And, you know, could attachment happen? And is that more of a possibility because it's not based in religion? But there's a lot of people out there making money on doing exorcisms. I found that out researching all of this for sure. Oh, yeah? Lots of money to be had. There's even a kit that I saw that they were selling to, like, stop this from happening. What, what's included in this kit? Do so, you know? I, from what I remember, there's a couple different things. But the one thing that stuck out was five pieces of bamboo. It looked like five chopsticks. Hmm. And they use that to, like, cause pain on the kids because if the kids have pain then like it jolts them out of whatever's happening it was really crazy how is it an exorcism though it's just like beating a kid well these were because these were kits that the exorcists had put together that they were selling to schools so that you wouldn't have so much of this phenomenon happening so it's considered an exorcism because an exorcism exorcist put together the case? <laughs> I, th- I think that that might have been like where it was coming from. Like, you know, we deemed this holy, so here oh. you go now and use it. It's the holy beating stick. Yeah, the holy beating <laughs> stick. <laughs> I'm going to find this picture of it for you because now when you see it, you're going to be like, get out of here with that. But there was even some stuff that I came across about how much people were getting paid to do these exorcisms. And, you know, I always have some thoughts about that because I kind of feel like it's like when we were ghost hunting so much and people would like offer to pay us and we were always like, no, Mm -hmm. because morally it doesn't feel right. And I kind of feel like that's the same thing. I mean, I remember back in the day when we were ghost hunting more and there was like Skype exorcists. And this was back before like the big Zoom boom and Microsoft Teams and all that stuff. So I can't even imagine how much is out there now like that. Oh, yeah. Like uh, exorcism services on Zoom. There are still a lot of those things happening. And it's really kind of nuts to think that there's like money to be made in this. So a controversial approach comes from a team of Islamic academics. The largest, it, and this is in Pahang the largest state in Malaysia. Um, It says it's priced at a hefty, well, the conversion from Malaysian currency is 1,700 to 2,100 pounds per per kit, and it's called an anti-hysteria kit. (laughs) And the offer consists of items including ammonia inhalants, pepper spray, and bamboo pincers. And the wooden pincers are meant to induce pain in a possessed person and drive out demons and spirits. Hang on, though. It says anti-hysteria kit? Uh-huh. And then but... they interviewed this guy. Mm-hmm. He's actually posing in this picture with one of the anti-hysteria kits outside the office of the University of Malaysia. 
And it says our kits have been used by two schools and solved more than 100 cases. And this was back in 2018. There's no scientific evidence to back up these claims, though. Of course not. <laughs> the kit drew widespread criticism upon its release. The former minister called it, quote unquote, the mark of a backward society. It's nonsensical, absurd superstition. We want Malaysians to be scientific and innovative, not remain entrenched in supernatural beliefs. Well, you know, I'm sure some of those teachers don't mind pepper spraying the kids if they get out of hand. So there's a picture of the Mm -hmm. bamboo pincers. Oh, yeah. I'll have to post this on our page. What do they do? I see them like between his fingers. Yeah, I don't know how they work exactly. But it's meant to, like, be painful. So it, it almost makes you wonder, too, like, if they're making money selling these things, if they're making money performing mm-hmm. the service, is there reason to continue to have these kinds of things happen? Yeah, I, I find it interesting, too, that they call it a anti-hysteria kit. Because if they're exorcists, why not just call it, like, the exorcism kit? Because you're kind of just admitting right in the name of the thing that right there's no demons. It's just hysteria but they want you to use it on a possessed person like shouldn't you go to a doctor instead of an exorcist i mean you would think so but that's not it's not how they look at things it's very Hmm. interesting yeah i'd say so and i find it you know like when they were talking about some of the kids and like some of the circumstances it's always like oh there's an issue with the kids, you know, like they're not behaving. They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So they must be possessed. They're being unruly, mm-hmm. you know, and so they're being a kid. They deserve this happening because they're right. Which, you know, is mm-hmm. not always a good way to reason things out, I'm sure. Yeah, probably not. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's still super interesting, though, because it's like, okay, I get it, mass hysteria, like I said, but but how does that happen? Like, how does it happen? Like, psychologically, it's like, okay, it's a psychological condition, but how? I still don't get that part. That's what I'm hung up on, I guess. So, you remember, like, when we've done some stuff with, like, group seance work? Mm-hmm. And when there's yeah. been, like, one thing that we're all focusing on and we're all trying to, like, manifest this one thing to happen or some experiments that have been done in the past. Mm-hmm. Yep, I know. That's, this is kind of where I mm-hmm. you go with that. So when you think about it that way, it's like it's the collective consciousness yeah. at work. Which is funny, again, because it's like, is that science now? <laughs> <laughs> It's a good point. I mean, I think I don't think you can rule it out. There's yeah. got to be something that I mean, happens. I'm not saying it's not real at all. It's just like I find it interesting that that's being used as like an actual scientific explanation, I it's guess. It's like that hive mentality, which yeah. then makes me think of things like zombies and groups working together, mm-hmm. like having that same collective thinking again, that hive thinking, you know. I don't know. Like, it's so freaking weird. But if it's, like, if that's what it is and it's scientifically based, then how come it doesn't happen everywhere all the time? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like, there's got to be some variant to why it's been so isolated, especially in this particular area. Like, we hear about these little things that pop up here and there. Mm-hmm. But 
definitely not enough or as widespread as it is in that particular part of the world. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, too. Like they said, in all these parts in Malaysia are like rural areas. And if you or anyone around here knows Leroy, New York. It's a lot of like superstitious people. and It's very rural. It's old out there. school thinking. Mm, probably. Yep. Like they follow a lot of those like old beliefs and things, which makes them maybe more susceptible. Maybe. Yeah. But I don't know if they ever thought it was like demonic or anything like that. Yeah, it didn't sound like it. No. It just sounded like a physical manifestation that they couldn't figure out. Now, if that happened in Malaysia, maybe that would be a different case. They'd well, be breaking in the bamboo sticks and pepper spray. <laughs> but it's a good point you just made, too, because in Tanzania and the other places that we saw those kind of things happening, religion wasn't at the forefront of that. Hmm. It wasn't demonic possession cases. Mm, the Belgium one, too. Yep. That's why I think, go to think it's, yeah, again, the collective mind type of thing. The human mind. I don't know. You could, like, really... Yeah, you could fall down a rabbit hole. Oh, like, for sure. Never hit the ground. And whenever we start talking about this, it always makes me think of that opening scene in Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> when Bakeman's got the deck of cards. It's a couple of squiggly lines. <laughs> He's doing like, so, the, yeah. like the ESP stuff. like <laughs> Because we don't know how our minds really work with that kind of thing. Like, how, mm-hmm. how do you have that sense of intuition? How do you know those things? Yeah. And it's like, how are you... Like, how are you making sure that what you're experiencing is really what you're experiencing? Yeah. I mean, that's why I found this so interesting, because it's like you got the one end of it where... I know. And now you've got me down this rabbit mm-hmm. hole, because it's like, you ever sit next yep. to somebody who's like, oh my God, it's so hot in here. And you didn't think it was hot until they mm-hmm. said that. Yeah. And then you're like, oh my God, it's super hot in here. It's this, like the power of suggestion. This happened to me yesterday. No, it didn't. Yeah, it did. Seriously? Yeah, it did. How? Like, what? Tell me about it. I was in my office at work, and someone came in, and they're like, oh, it's really hot in here. And I hadn't thought about it, because it's usually freezing in there. And I was like, hey, it is hot in here. And then I was really hot. (laughs) Right? It's like suggestive thinking. Or if, like, somebody's Mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, if, like, they're itching while you're talking to them, then suddenly you feel like you have to itch. Or, like, I hear these stories about, like, oh, so-and-so came home from school and they had lice, and then suddenly you're itching. Yeah. Right? Because you're thinking about it. I'm itching now and I have no hair. (laughs) But if you, like, is that how this happens? Or yawning. Yawning is a psychological thing. Absolutely. You see somebody do it, and then all of a sudden you're doing it. You know what's interesting, too? This just happened to me this morning, yawning thing. (laughs) It happened with me and a dog. Really? Or chupacabra, I mean. Yeah. So it can can even jump species? species. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I yawned. The chupacabra was looking at me. And the chupacabra yawned. I think that we should do some experiments with this. Like, on purpose, (laughs) just to see if we could get people to have some sort of reaction with it. Yeah. Like, that has to be how this happens. Like, on some subconscious level, if you see someone, like, in pain or, like, having some kind of issue, does it make you, like, does it put that suggestion in your head to have the same thing happen? Especially if you're scared and you don't understand what's happening. That's what I I love about this one because it's, like, you got all these kids in Malaysia. They're, like, oh, it's demons. And then you got the scientists that are, like, no, there's a logical explanation for this. It's mass hysteria. And it's like, wait a minute, how does that work? 
Yeah. They're like, it's mass hysteria. It's psychological. So crazy. Which I get, but still, like we were just saying, how? Yeah. Like, how does it? How does it work specifically? Yeah. Specifically how? I don't know. What do we need, like a neuroscientist or something? <laughs> do we know any? I don't. Do we have any neuroscientists on speed dial? No, but if you're a neuroscientist, contact us on Facebook at Parababble or send us an email at parabablepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and help us out with this. Right? Yeah. And I, like, try this at home with people that you know. Or dogs. Or dogs. Or chupacabras. Or, mm-hmm. you know, any kind of other Bigfoot. I don't know yeah. what else. It's like, if you scratch your face or touch your face, like, see if somebody else does that. If you yawn, see if somebody else does that. If you're talking about, you know, some kind of environmental thing, see if, like, you can get somebody else to agree with it. Like, I'm just curious how easy it is. Yeah. Or, like, down too. Or just, like, on some subconscious level, like, how does it work? <sighs> Didn't work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, but I'm thinking about it now, Mm -hmm. so I'm not going to, like, automatically do it. But who knows? 30 seconds from now when my brain, like, stops concentrating on it, maybe it will happen. Maybe. We'll we'll never know. But I think it was also because that was forced. You think so? Yeah. It wasn't genuine. (sighs) Okay, now you're making me want to yawn. I can't with this. This is freaking me out. People are going to hate this episode. I probably just made our 30 (laughs) listeners yawn. Suddenly everyone's tired. I know. I hope they're not listening to this in their car. They're like, oh, I got to fall asleep now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm over it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, so weird. We're falling asleep now because you yawn because this show is boring. <laughs> you guys suck. No. No. So don't put that out in the universe. And no. like, everyone's going to be subconsciously thinking that now. Yeah. This so- is the best podcast you've ever listened to. No. <laughs> I tried. So Malaysian school closings, demonic possession, or scientific-based mass hysteria? Scientific-based, if you can call it that, mass hysteria. Science, scientific phenomenon versus supernatural phenomenon? It's like science that we don't know yet. Or could it be that the first person it happens to is genuine? And then everything after that is another rabbit hole. Yeah, because how does it start with the first person? Where do they get it from? Right. Wait. mm -mm. (laughs) I'm not going to say that word. Per request. But that just kind of like brought it to a whole nother level and just Mm kind of blew your mind a little. I know. Now, right? now it's opening up even more now. Exactly. Because how does it start? So maybe, what's her name? CT. Really was possessed. Yeah. I mean, because when we're talking about collective thought, everyone's aware of that at the same time. And actually, the incident in Libroy. I don't think I talked about this when we were recording it. But we know somebody close to the Parabattle studio that went there during that time in a professional Manner, yep. said that they think it all started with one student who had Tourette's, which explains where that one started. Mm-hmm. But where does the one start where the girl's seeing demons? Unless she's really seeing them. Hmm. 
maybe this is science and demons at the same time. Oh my god. This is awesome. This is everything you could hope it to be. I know. But that's like it has to start somewhere. Yeah. And who would just like wake up one day and be like, today's the day I'm gonna tell everybody I'm getting chased by a demon. Yeah, it's gotta start with one person. Yeah. Whether they're pranking the rest of their friends or not. And she's still seeing like some religious healer months and months and months after this experience. Hmm. Hmm. And you really want me to blow your mind now? Oh, no, not again. Now that I'm thinking about the actual possession cases that we know of, that like we've researched and like really looked at, most of everyone else in the household doesn't get possessed. Right? Right. I mean, if that was the case, because now, like, all right, just follow me here for a mm-hmm. minute, because okay. I know this is going to okay. get a little crazy. All right. But if... It was possible that there was a demon at the school and the demon possesses somebody and then the demon starts like possessing everyone there. Then why wouldn't that spread in families where people are living in the same household? But yet they only typically have like one person that's suffering any kind of possession. The rest of the family is never affected by it. Yeah. So... You would think, if anything, that's where mass hysteria would kick in, right? Yeah. You see someone going through those kind of distress things. and It's a smaller scale, sure. Maybe minor But hysteria. those people would be more connected. Yeah. They'd have more, like, more compassion and more empathy for the other person and what they're going through. Yeah. I wonder how much, how well all these kids knew each other. I don't even know what to do with this now. I feel like we need a whole nother look at possession. Hmm. Maybe, not a, maybe not a nope, whole nother nope. look. But you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. Because it, it was at first, it was like, oh yeah, this is what happened. But then we can't explain the first person it occurs in and how that initially happens. I didn't even think about that until now. And then we can't explain mm-hmm. why true cases of possession... And I feel like not all of that is crap. There's been a couple that have like really gotten under my skin that you can't explain away. Yeah. And then how come it doesn't affect everyone else? That's true because you figure if they're all part of a family, yeah, they're all going to have usually the same kind of belief system mm-hmm. to be more susceptible to having that type of thing happen if there is a hysteria thing going on. So why doesn't it? And if these demons are so powerful that they can move from person to person and do this like on big scale, why wouldn't you take out a whole family? Why would you only focus on one person? If you're a demon, (laughs) contact us on Facebook at Parababble or email us parababblepodcast at gmail.com. Because we have questions. We have lots of questions. Yes. (laughs) If you're willing to sit down. We'd be willing to listen. <laughs> Did we just summon a demon? Maybe. Uh, Wouldn't know. be the first time. No. I don't know. What are you going to do? <laughs> just get your Ouija board out. I don't have one, actually. We can probably go to the closest Walmart and get one. Yeah, probably. Yeah. We get the Barbie edition. <laughs> the Barbie Ouija board. I don't know. This is like a crazy thing. And now I'm going to be thinking about this for like days. Huh. You know, you never know. Sometimes we start these topics and we figure it out in the first five minutes, and other times we fall down a rabbit hole. 
and hit her head several times going down. This is going to be one of those times. Yeah, it's going I to think be like so. the Mothman phenomenon where it's going to keep rearing its ugly head. Yeah, I think I think so. I think you're right about that. It's just it's never going to end. Never. Never. All right. Well, again, if you're a demon, <laughs> contact us on Facebook at Parababble or email us parababblepodcast at gmail.com. You can be a guest on our next episode. We have many questions. Many questions. Many questions. Just get out of Malaysia. Come, come talk to us. Wow. Now, now I think he really did summon a demon. You think so? I think so. Well, what are you going to do? <laughs>